Hola mi gente, what up my people, my name is Pastor Rich Colon, I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you can get connected with us either in person, online, or on social media. But for now, thanks for listening to this podcast. Gracias para escuchando esto podcast. And let's get into it. Vamos. Happy New Year to you and yours. Feliz Año Nuevo to you and your family from all of us here at Santos Church. Thank you so much so much for joining us, tuning in, however you are taking in this content. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, we are glad that you're rocking with us to start off 2022, and we hope that you stay engaged throughout this year. We really believe that it's going to be powerful. It's going to be great stuff going on. We're just, we're so hopeful for the year. We're going to unpack some of that today. And and if you follow us on social media, then you are going to see that unfolding over the next several days and weeks. Uh, coming up, we have a lot of great content and things to roll out for 2022 that God is doing here, both in this church, in the life of our church and church family, but then also in uh, our barrio, in our neighborhood. Things are uh, are going to be pretty awesome, we believe, in 2022. And so Anyway, we are jumping into a brand new series today. It's week one of a brand new series that we are starting off to be kind of the foundation for our year. If you follow us on social media, you've been here in person, you know that we announced a vision word at Santos Church for the year. That word we believe is flourish. That as a faith family, both as individuals, but then collectively as the church, we believe that God is calling us to flourish in 2022. So to start off that and to kind of build the foundation of that conversation going forward and that vision and that goal going forward, we are jumping into a series called Soil is Sacred because in order to flourish, we know that you got to be planted in good soil, good soil. Okay. So for the next uh, five weeks, today would be week one, so four weeks after this, we're going to be going through this series that we're calling Soil is Sacred. For the entire month, we're going to be reading out of one passage to really drive it home, to really process it, digest it, get a good grasp on what Jesus is saying in this passage. So today and every time you are here or you tune in in person throughout the month of January, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, if you want to go ahead and bookmark that or uh, get that set up now. But we are titling today's message, Conversations with Dirt. The subtitle of that would be, What Soil Says to Us and What We Say Back to It. Okay, so hold on to that promise. It's going to make more sense in a minute. But as I started thinking about this and this concept that we're going to unpack this month, um, I started thinking about how much I've been blessed to travel in recent years, leading right up to COVID. And then after the first waves of COVID were subsiding a little bit, I've been able to kind of get out and do some traveling. That's looked a little bit different in light of the pandemic recently, but still been able to kind of get out there and and get to some cool places, beautiful places, um, places that aren't quite local, like as far as like in the state of Michigan or local to Detroit per se, but still places that are not too far, like Pittsburgh or New York City most recently was able to take my daughter there 
as kind of a family trip. And uh, her and my wife got to see a Broadway, which was like, you know, probably life changing for my wife and kind of foundational, you know, for my daughter as far as like childhood memories. And so that was really, really cool. A big blessing to be able to do that with our family, all of our kids. And so really been able to be blessed uh, to travel and just get around and see some parts of uh, the country. But my favorite places that I've been able to visit was being able to get back around to some places that have a special meaning to my family, both immediate or distant or even very distant family, right? And so I, I was able to go a few places. And when we're talking about soil, this next part, I'm just going to, I felt inspired and creatively inspired to write this next kind of little little part of my rollout for this series and in particular conversations with Dirt, the message today in this way right? In this kind of creative way of thinking about soil. And so go with me on this, but these three places I visited this year really put me in this mindset. So while I was standing in the Rocky Mountains of my hometown in Colorado Springs, soil, right? Where the soil looks a bit more red and has the consistency of wet potting clay when you rub it between your fingers. Soil that was stepped on by Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho Indian tribes while they hunted buffalo. Soil that was crushed and separated by the shovels of frontiersmen and women traveling west in search of gold that was enveloped in this soil. When I was standing on the fine golden brown soil that comprises the shores where the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean make landfall on the coast of San Juan, Puerto Rico, where the soil sifts through your fingertips like finely grated graham cracker dust, soil that was there and carried the weight of pirate ships and slave boats on its shoulders, soil that heard the enchanting sounds of salsa and merengue, but also the wailing cries of the native Tainos, enduring the horrors of slavery and colonization. Soil, the soil that I stood on, the light, flaky, almost dusty soil that covers the ground in Jesus' hometown of Capernaum and his native barrio of Galilee, which was the kind of place that made some people question, yo, what good could come out of this place? Like, ain't that place the hood? And that's where Jesus comes from, where the soil leaves a light residue on your palms like you just rolled fresh dough in your hands and may have clapped your hands together, but you haven't washed them yet. Soil that caught Jesus's tears when he wept for Lazarus and held his blood when it flowed from the cross. That same soil that hosted both the feet of tyrants and also the feet of its creator. History. Stories, lives, people, memories held within soil. And if somebody let it, it could shape them powerfully. And if one were intentional enough, which we're going to strive to be over this month and ultimately this year as we flourish together, intentional enough, we could contribute to shaping the ongoing story being told around us. Soil is a cooperative thing. You might be wondering like how, man, it's just dirt, right? But like soil is a cooperative thing because soil talks to us. It's constantly talking to us, not literally, but also actually, yes, kind of literally. 
Soil tells the story of things that are going on today and yesterday, but also the stories that have happened for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years before you and I were ever here. And we hardly realize it, and some of us won't realize it until it's too late, but we are actually always talking back. The way that we live our life is our response to and in and on the soil that we inhabit. And I don't just mean the literal soil either, right? That would be far too minimal. I'm talking about the soil of our lives. Essentially, what soil is, is, is anything, where, anything or, or any place that facilitates the growth and life of something else. So your relationships can be soil because it can facilitate growth and life in your relationship, your Marriage has soil. It can be life-giving and and growth-inducing in your marriage, your job, your social media, your whatever it is, your, your faith in Jesus, your life, your soul, your spirit has soil because it has the potential in you if it's cultivated the right way. That soil has the potential to facilitate growth and life. So for us, a lot of times we we don't even think about this, but like literally, if you think about it like this, when you and I move somewhere, we are soil checking, right? We're, we're, we're determining where to be planted, either for a long period of time or a temporary period of time. If it's temporary, I wouldn't say necessarily it's planted, but it's like put there for a time. But when we're deciding where to put down roots, we are kind of soil checking. And here's what I mean. We have standards that we look for for when we would, we would plant somewhere. Like, think about this physically when you're moving somewhere. If you've ever moved, you know that you look at an area and you go, okay, what's the rent rent like? Can we afford that? But for what we can afford, are we getting the most bang for our buck? If you're a parent, you know that you're like Googling the school systems. You're looking at like what the school is rated. You're looking up like the equivalent to like Yelp reviews for parents to see if the teachers are good, right? Like you have these standards. If you work close to the area, you you have like in your mind, like, okay, if it's like within 20 to you know, maybe 25 minutes of where I work, that's cool. But once we get to like the 35 to 40, 45, that's not so like, like, in that moment, you may not call it this, but essentially you are soil checking. Essentially, you are looking to see if that place is, is good enough for you to be planted. You have standards for where you are going to put down roots in that case. But how many of us ask the equal but opposite question? Like, how am I going to contribute to things here? How does my presence here change the atmosphere, the environment? How do my gifts, my passions, my family, my resources, my finances get sewn into things here? And what kind of growth and life will that bring as a result of me just being present and planted here? So we have to ask ourselves, we got to realize that that's the conversation with dirt that we're talking about. The soil says something to us. It communicates very easily and very naturally and plainly to us that when we are somewhere, we are able to gauge certain things off of our surroundings, but then us being there changes our surroundings. It's this back and forth. And like I said in the opening, there's a history and a legacy and a culture that is embodied in these places, but then just just you being present in these places has the potential, if you're planted long enough, to change those stories even more. 
So for us, even in our faith, if you want to get more specific, a lot of us are, are, are playing this game, like this, I won't call it a game, right? But like we're, we're doing this thing where we're trying to gauge how valuable faith is for ourselves. Some of us are like all in and we're like, yes, Jesus, I'm about this. But as we step into 2022, a lot of us are trying to trying to deliberate on like what habits we want to form for this year. We, we get a chance and we get an excuse to hit the reset, to recalibrate, to redo some things. We get a blank sheet and we get to really hit it hard and intentionally from the gate. And so the first weekend of 2022, you might be asking yourself, especially if you're, you're here or listening to this, where is the level of value and priority for my faith? In other words, you are asking yourself, hey, is faith, and in particular faith in Jesus, worthy enough, rich enough soil for me to sow into? Right? But then how many of us are going to ask the equal but opposite question? Yes, like I can, I can assure you that yes, Jesus is that life-giving, growth-bringing soil that we all want to sow into, but we have to ask ourselves and be honest with ourselves. Are we the soil of our lives? Are we good soil for when God is sowing things into us? Are we good soil when God wants to do something in our lives? How receptive are we to that? What capacity do we have to engage in that and to see growth in that due to the vitality or the unhealth of our faith. And so in this series, we want to discern two things. We essentially want to ask two big questions throughout the course of this series. Soil is sacred. Number one, where should I be planted? And by that, we mean this. What relationships, places, habits, influences are worthy of being sown into by me? And how do I then play a role in changing that soil environment, right? So where should I be planted? Number two, is my life the kind of soil that is receptive and reactive to what God is trying to sow into me? And by that we mean, am, am I hearing and applying his word? Am I valuing and prioritizing my faith and relationship with him? And if I am, am I cool with that? If, if I am, that is going to bring a change in me, and am I cool with that? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's like the animated, a little bit more urban, uh, like take on Spider-Man and the multiverse. It's really, really dope. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's not just a kid's movie. It's really dope. Um, but in it, there's a, a, a black and Puerto Rican Spider-Man that the movie centers around named Miles Morales. And Miles has this moment where he comes face to face with a Spider-Man from another universe. So they're different Spider-Man, but they're essentially looking at each other as Spider-Man and Spider-Man, right? And Miles, all these things are going wrong, and he's talking to the Spider-Man who's a little bit like disenfranchised, and he's trying to convince him to help him save Brooklyn, his Brooklyn. And he's like, yo, but this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. And, the, and Peter, Peter Parker is like, ah, no, don't care, got to go home, whatever. And Miles Morales goes, yo, but, but if you don't do something... Here, if you don't help me here now, all this, this is going to be destroyed. Everything we know is going to go away. And he has this moment where he, he stops and he looks at him and he goes, yo, this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, are you cool with that, Spider-Man? And Peter B. Parker 
has this internal dialogue in the movie. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he like goes to the side and you see him kind of bow his head and he's talking to himself and he's like, no, no, I can't let him do, don't let him do that. And he puts his head in his arm and he's like, oh, God, no. And then he stops and he's like, all right, Miles, come on. And then they, he just, in that moment, resolves, okay, I know what I have to do. I know what the right thing is I have to do here. And some of us need to have that moment to start off 2022. We need to ask ourselves these questions and follow them to where they go. Am I planted currently in good soil? And if not, am I cool with that? Is my life good soil for God to sow into? I want to see all these things in my life that I haven't seen yet, and I want to do all these things. But but is the soil of my life maybe the reason why those things aren't being cultivated and flourishing in my life? And if so, am I cool with that? And ultimately, if we say we're going to go on with Jesus and we just want to keep it real with ourselves about it, right? Spider-Man looking at Spider-Man almost. We got to be like, yo, like when I commit to Jesus, he's going to bring all this growth and life into my situation, into my life, right? My daily life. But that's going to mean some things got to change. If you want to grow, some things got to change. And we just got to be honest about that. Some things are going to change as you grow. And we kind of have to look at ourselves like Miles and just be like, yo, you cool with that? But I believe you are. I think that's why you're even hearing these words come out of my mouth. And so the next question then is, how do we discern those two things? How do we discern where we should be planted? And number two, is the soil of our life receptive and reactive to what God is trying to sow into us? How do we discern those two things? And I think we do that by looking at that passage I talked about earlier, Matthew 13, 1 through 23. So I'm going to read that passage in its entirety And what's going to happen here is Jesus is telling a parable, a story in order to teach a greater truth. And in the story, it's the parable of the sower, right? And there's four different types of soil Jesus references. And for this month, we are going to look at all of those references, the four different types of soil Jesus points out. But for the sake of today, we're going to read this passage. We're going to lay them all out there. And then we're going to start the process of discerning these things for ourselves. And so let me go ahead and read to you. If you're following along, you can go to it now. If you're listening along, you can, you know, get your get your Bible app out, and maybe get ready to write the or you know, highlight this, or maybe open up a note in your notepad and write this down so you can highlight it and read it later. But here it is. I'm gonna read to you Matthew 13, 1 through 23. So later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. And he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath. This is soil number one. Some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. So that's essentially soil that looked like soil, but wasn't really soil. It was a footpath, right? It was near soil, it may have looked like soil, but it wasn't actually soil that could receive seed, right? So he scattered in some seeds, fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Verse 5, second soil. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, 
But the plant soon wilted, it wilted in the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. So number three, verse seven. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and still other seed fell on fertile soil. This is the fourth type of soil, fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Anyone with ears to hear this should listen and understand. Verse 10, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they do have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables for they look, but they don't really see and they hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. They have closed eyes and they, their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Pause. Their hearts are so hardened towards God that they don't even have the inclination of where to get healing. Even if they wanted healing, they've been so blinded and hardened towards the things of God that at the end of verse 15, it says, they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But then Jesus in 16 says, but, but blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. And I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Listen, you and I, like we may have a tendency or, or the ability to take these things for granted, but there is years and years and years of traditions where people just sought after the things of God, but, but they didn't have this clarity that we have in Jesus. They didn't get to know these things. They didn't have an encounter with the literal word of God made flesh named Jesus. And so Jesus is saying, listen, they, there's people that, that would have given anything to have this type of understanding and knowledge of the word and access to it, but they don't get to, and you do. In other words, like my encouragement for you from hearing that would be, don't take it for granted. If you have ears to hear, then listen. Jesus says this in verse 18. He said, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer with the seeds, planting the seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath, soil number one, represents those who hear the message about the kingdom, but don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed that fell on rocky soil, number two, soil number two, represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. But then the seed that fell among the thorns, this is soil type three, that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life or the lure of wealth. And so ultimately no fruit is produced in them. And the fourth kind of soil, verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil. Now this is the one that is called good soil, right? So this is how we should quantify and define what good soil is personally, even now in our life. 
The one that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. And here's how we, we know that it's good and that it, that it received and reacted to the seed is that it produced a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as what had been planted. In other words, it multiplied. In other words, it grew and it flourished. See, when you are planted in good soil, you have no choice but to grow and to flourish. And that's how you know you're in good soil. But Ultimately, if you are good soil and you've cultivated good soil in your life, then then the things of God, the word of God, when it gets in you, it doesn't just stay there. You don't just hold it in your head or hold it in your heart. It moves to your hands. It moves to your feet. It moves to your mouth. And it starts to change you and starts to do things. And ultimately, it starts to multiply out of you into the things, not just people, but the things around you and the people around you. It starts to cause you to fight for things differently than you did before. It causes you to advocate differently for people than you did before. It causes you to want to see results differently than you did before. And yes, it causes you to love and serve and treat people with with the, the heart of God different than you did before. And multiplies when it's good. So for us today, like... We're starting off our series with this because we're, we're here on the, uh, on the weekend right after the new year, right? This is just naturally in our culture, in America, that time when everybody's talking about a resolution and people are joining the gym and people are doing different things and starting new habits, right? And we're all talking about all the different things we're going to do differently this year. But if we're honest, this cannot be done effectively with any hope of creating a lasting change without it being centered first around God. So today, I want to ask you and invite you to begin honestly asking those questions. Where should I be planted? And is the soil of my life good soil for God to sow into? Am I receptive to God's word? Am I hearing it and understanding it? Maybe you need to ask that in one aspect of your life. Maybe in a toxic friendship or a toxic relationship that you know needs to be cut off, right? And and you just haven't done it yet. Maybe it's a worldview that you have that could be harmful or that marginalizes other people. Maybe it's how you're spending your money, right? Like, or what you're spending them on. But I want to invite you to consider how it shapes you. And then ultimately how you have an impact through that on shaping other people that could be involved with it. And here's the thing though, maybe it's not bad. Maybe it's just not the best. That's the other thing. A lot of times we're like, oh, well, yeah, I do this, but it's good for a good cause or it's for a good reason. Or I stay a part of this friendship because I know it's, it's it, like, I, I mean, well, I'm trying to change them or I want, you know, I feel like if I'm a part of it, I have a chance of, ch- you know, like, and, and here's the thing. There's, there's a time when that is true. But then there's a time when, when you ask yourselves, man, is this beneficial for me? Like, how do I change the situation? If you look and, and, and you can be honest and say, you know what, maybe I'm really not going to have a chance to change this the way that I hope to. We just got to be honest with ourselves. And at some point, we got to know when to call it. And I don't mean give up on people, but I mean for the cultivation of good soil in our lives to see God do things through us. Sometimes we just got to call a spade a spade, right? But 
the other thing is, is that like, like I said, maybe, maybe it's not bad. It's just not good. And so like growth doesn't have to mean up. Like that doesn't mean optimal growth. When plants grow, I've seen enough plants that grow and just were huge, right? They were just big, lush, like bushes or, or, or vines like that just grew all over the place. Grape vines, all these different things. Right. And, and the thing is, is that they were still growing. That was still growth. But the person who was planting and the person who was tending to them knew enough that they needed to come out and all the ones that were growing in the wrong directions, they were still growing, but when they were not in the preferred direction, they needed to prune them. They needed to cut the pieces off that were growing, but maybe growing in the wrong direction. So that way the plant could still harness its energy to continue growing in the right direction. Maybe you're growing, but you're not growing in the ways that you expect it to. Maybe you're not growing in the things of God. Maybe you just got to do a little bit of pruning so you continue growing in the way that's best and optimal for you. For us as a church, we have to do the same thing. We don't ask ourselves as a church, what are, what are good things that other churches are doing or most churches are doing now that we could be doing too as a church, that churches should do as churches, but we need to ask ourselves, what is the best thing for Santos Church to do? And so maybe that looks for, I mean, it does look for us like maybe we can't give the whole neighborhood, you know, meals for Christmas and, or, or, or for Thanksgiving and clothing drives and canned food drives and all those things. Maybe we can't do those things now. That's not the season we're in. Those are good things that a lot of churches do. And I'm thankful to Jesus that they, that they do them. Those are good things, but maybe that's not the best thing for us. And for us, what that looked like this year was... Man, we partner with the Detroit Community Fridge to put a 24-7 fridge on our property that people can come to, no questions asked, and get food. And that our church can serve like Jesus in preparing meals and putting them out in the fridge for people to come take anytime, no questions asked. For us, the best thing that we could do was say, you know what? We have this much food. We can house this many people in the church. We're going to throw a big community meal. And instead of trying to give 100 people even Christmas or Thanksgiving meals, we're going we're gonna to shoot for 20 this year because that was the best thing for us, the way that we can make the best impact at this time. And Jesus is still seen and felt through that. Not by us asking what are good things that all churches should do, so we should therefore do it as a church, but we had to ask for us in this community, for the people that Jesus has put us here to serve, what is the best thing we can do? And sometimes in our individual lives, we have to ask the same thing. We look around at other people and we go, yeah, those are all good things. I'm going to try all those things too. But maybe that's not the question. Maybe the question is, what is the best thing for me to do? So our word of the year, if you follow along on social media as a church, is flourish. And in order to flourish, we have to prioritize what God has for us. And so we have to ask those hard questions. We have to keep it real with ourselves. We as individuals have to ask, what do I need to sow into that I haven't been yet? Maybe it's for you like at church, like attending church. Maybe you, you've been one foot in and one foot out. And maybe it's not that you haven't been sowing, but maybe it's that you've been holding back. And maybe for 2022, your, your way to flourish is by, by going all in, is by sowing fully into it, by investing your time, your passions, your gifts that God gave you and sowing them into a faith community to see God use them to do incredible things in this church and in this community. 
maybe it's asking ourselves, how would my participation, me being planted, change the composition of the places that I choose to be? How, how would me be fully pla- how would me being fully planted in the right relationships change me and change those relationships? What, what would it look like if me being planted in, in a right job, in a healthy work environment, what would that do for me in 2022? But ultimately, it all needs to go back to Jesus. And so ultimately, we have to ask, what is the soil of my life like? When Jesus tells this parable, we can take that, we can look at that, and we can go, man, we, we could be one of four types of soil if we really we, we, we want to talk about being receptive to what God is trying to do and receptive to God's word in us and it bringing growth and multiplication in and through us and we have to ask ourselves what kind of soil am I am I soil that thinks it's soil but I'm really like a footpath and nothing's got a chance at growing in my current life conditions am I just kind of shallow in my faith right now where I got something so I feel good about it and, and, and I like hearing God's word and I'm like, woo, that felt good. Church was cool today. And, you know, when I read the Bible or hear a gospel song for myself, I'm like, man, that really fires me up. Woo. But nothing ultimately takes root because there's not enough depth. Am I the soil that's like the one with the vines because there's too many competing voices and influences in my life? So even though I try to entertain my faith in Jesus, it never really grows because there's too many things competing for my belief and my affection and my attention and my time. So ultimately, if I'm honest, my faith in Jesus really doesn't stand a chance because there's too much competition for my mental and spiritual real estate right now. Or maybe you are currently the, the good soil. And if you are, I praise God that there's multiplication happening through you and that there's growth happening through you. And so my question and challenge for you in that case would be, how are you letting God work through you to bring multiplication and to spread that to other people? Because it says in the scripture that it, it brought 30, 60, even 100 times back the harvest that would have been planted. My big idea for... This week is this flourishing starts with being planted in good soil. So are you making the choices to plant yourself, your family, your spirituality, your faith in good soil? Or are you planting on fake, phony soil? Are you planting on shallow soil? Are you planting on soil that is saturated with vines and weeds and is ultimately going to choke out whatever life you have there? Or are you planting in good soil? And in your life, what's the soil of your life look like for God to sow into? Our next steps is this. If you um, are part of our faith community, we have next steps. We're going to be praying and fasting this month. We want it to be accessible for those who have never really jumped into like a fasting thing or a committed church-wide thing like this with the uh, with these kind of disciplines. And so we're praying and fasting. It's going to be every month, only one hour, or not every month, I'm sorry, every Monday for one hour on Mondays. We're doing this from 11.30 to 12.30 p.m. every Monday, and we're fasting and we're praying as a church. Looking forward to that flourishing, that vision word that God gave us for Santos Church for 2022. 
So for January, we'll be engaging in that daily time, 1130 to 1230 p.m. of fasting and prayer. Here's my two notes for you for prayer and for fasting. Number one, prayer. The goal of this is that it's manageable and progressive. Don't overdo it. Don't tell yourself you're going to pray for five hours a day when you've really only ever prayed for five minutes a day. Like that's, that's not manageable and it's not realistic. Make it manageable and make it progressive. And I don't mean progressive like, you know, you got to do all these crazy things and you know, like whatever to get yourself into like this progressive type of prayer. What I mean is that progress should be made in it, where if you have only prayed for five minutes before, maybe tell yourself, I'm going to pray for 10 or 15 minutes on my drive to and from work. Like I'm making progress in my prayer life, manageable and progressive. The goal for prayer is quality of prayer, deep, real, vulnerable, heartfelt conversation with Jesus, quality and consistency. Don't, don't be like, oh yeah, on Mondays, uh, I'm going to pray for, you know, 45 minutes straight through and, you know, meditate for another 30 minutes after that, but then you don't do it any other day of the week. Do something that you can be consistent with, where you can do it two times a week, then three times a week, four or five times a week to, till eventually it's just part of your daily routine, your daily things that you do. Manageable and progressive, the goal is quality and consistency, not necessarily quantity, okay? We're not looking to have to pray 800 times throughout a five-day week. What we want more is consistent, real, deep conversation that's ongoing with Jesus. For fasting, here's my, my notes for you. Fasting should also be manageable. If you've never fasted before, don't tell yourself that you're going to give up all food, nothing but water for the next, you know, 14 days or what. That's not manageable. I'm not saying you can't do it and not to discourage you, but, but it's not manageable, right? Like for most people anyway, if I'm being honest, it probably wouldn't be manageable for me, right? Make it manageable, but also make it meaningful. So don't, don't feel like you got to fast, you know, you got to not eat, blah, 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 because you're fasting or whatever. Maybe you, maybe eating doesn't take up eight hours of your day. Maybe fasting needs to look like Instagram for you and you need to give up Instagram because Instagram takes up eight hours of your day. Maybe if you look at your screen time habits on your phone and you spend five hours on social media, maybe, maybe try to take that down to one and a half hours of social media right? Because here's the goal of fasting. It needs to be margin making, meaningful and margin making, not margin making. So you can take the four hours that you were on Instagram or YouTube and binge watch a Netflix show margin making. So you can take the four hours that we were doing something else and we can give more time to God in prayer, meditation, scripture reading, all of those things, journaling, you have it, but time with God should be impact focused, should have an impact on your spiritual life, not resistance-based, aka, oh, I'm proving to myself that I can fast all these things because I'm so strong, I can resist the temptation. That's not what fasting's about. Fasting should be impact-focused, margin-making to make more time for your spiritual growth, okay? So prayer and fasting, we're doing this church-wide every Monday from 11.30 to 12.30. We're going to fast something. We're going to pray together. If you want to be a part of that, you can join us. We're, we're going to give out all the instructions for that every week online. Instagram is at Santos Detroit. Facebook is facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. We'll have all the information there. Follow along with us. Get involved. It's a powerful thing to know your whole church community is joining together to go after that together. Amen. So 
What are those those for you? Before we jump fully into the next four weeks of this series, those two questions are what I leave you with today. Those two questions and that big idea, that big thought for you. Question is, where should I be planted? What relationships, places, habits, influences are worthy of being sown into by me? And how do I play a role in changing that environment if I am planted there? And number two, is my life the kind of soil that's receptive and reactive to what God is sowing in me? Am I hearing and applying his word, valuing and prioritizing my faith? And how does this change me? Those are the two questions that I leave with you to meditate on, to give to God in that prayer and fasting time uh, as we jump in to this series for January. God is uh, calling us towards flourishing in 2022 at Santos Church, and we would love to have you join us in that. If you're looking for a place to, if you're listening online and you uh, are in the Detroit area or the Metro Detroit area, we'd love to have you here at church on a Sunday morning. In the, in the credits of the podcast, you'll hear uh, more info on that stuff and how you can plan a visit. Uh, but I leave you with this big idea. Flourishing starts with being planted in good soil. So let's cultivate good soil. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much that we made it to another year. 2022, here we are. And Jesus, that you are always doing a new thing. It doesn't take a new year to step into newness and freshness with you. But God, we thank you for the time that we have to do that. Jesus, I pray that we can self-reflect and evaluate today where we are for the sake of growing, for the sake of flourishing, for the sake of thriving the way that you've called us to. Help us to be honest with ourselves. Help us to make the moves and do the pruning that you've called us to do in order to grow into the things that you've called us to grow into. Lord, in the areas of our life that we're sowing into things that is not the right soil, good soil, soil that will multiply and grow for us, then Jesus, help us to stop sowing there and start sowing into what is good soil. Help us to discern what good soil is. And Jesus, in our lives, in our spiritual life, in our relationships, work, all those things, Jesus, if there's soil that is not good there, where you're trying to sow into us and do different things in our lives and we're just not receptive to it, then Jesus, help us to cultivate good, rich soil in our life that is worthy of what you, that is, that is receptive, rather, to what you are trying to do in us, Jesus, that we can react and engage in what you're doing for the multiplication, for the ongoing work of the kingdom Jesus, as you would have it. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.